Welcome into Can We Just Talk? We are the podcast where it doesn't matter if you live under a rock. If you do, that's all right, because we'll fill you in on what you missed from this past week's biggest events, stories, and developments in a nice casual conversation. To start it off, we've got a pretty sad story coming out. Alex Trebek recently passed away. He was a longtime host of Jeopardy, and he recently passed away due to pancreatic cancer that he's been battling for a little while now. Um, On a more positive note, we've got several nations who have actually reported they've been COVID-free this entire time. Uh, No new cases despite the sharp rise globally. Uh, Donald Trump is asking some weird questions. He's seeing if he can maybe have a self-pardon as he prepares for his exit from the White House. And lastly, we've got a story. You know, rejoice if you're a Mets fan. Steve Cohen has recently bought the Mets for $2.4 billion. So Mets fans, um, have, have some hope, have some, you know, positivity as you move forward with that franchise. We've got a lot to get to today, so let's get going. First up on tonight's agenda to get to a sad story coming out earlier this week. Longtime host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, sadly passed away this past week. He died at the age of 80. He had been battling pancreatic cancer for some time now. Um, and throughout that entire process of his chemotherapy, he continued to appear on the show of Jeopardy, um, continuing his role as pretty much the most famous TV game show host of all time. You know, obviously the Wheel of Fortune has some sway in there as well, but Jeopardy and the Wheel of Fortune, those are two staples of American television. And Alex Trebek, you think of game shows, you think Alex Trebek. I mean, I can't think of a host that embodies that type of that type of entertainment that has been running for such a long time in this country um, better than Alex Trebek. So incredibly sad news. Um, one of the country's most famous and beloved shows has lost a, a real piece of American culture this week with Alex Trebek passing. Again, he'd been battling pancreatic cancer for a very long time. So it's a uh, his, his battle has officially come to an end, but very sad topic to start off tonight on. Rest in peace to a legend. Definitely an iconic member uh, of the television game shows for almost, you know, probably the past couple of generations. Um, so definitely sad to see him go. Yeah, and it's it's also scary. This is Austin, by the way. Troy, thank you again for having me on. This is Austin DiSavino, host of Deep Fried Medicine, part of Polar Media. New episode coming next week. But it's just, it's scary to see because... A, a couple days before his death, I think, or a week before his death, he was just sitting on a chair on his front porch with his wife. And then it just takes you so fast. And st- stage four is nothing to mess with. Um, and it's just, it's really sad. And on top of just the loss of life, like you were saying, Jacob and Troy, this is an it's a staple in television. Like there's no jeopardy without Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek, except for one episode, I think, where Pat Sajak switched with him on April's Fool on April Fool's Day. So, what's going to happen next? You know, you turn on Jeopardy, and that's what you get. It's like death, taxes, and Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. When he was diagnosed, it came in two, in 2019, so a little, I think, a little over a year ago. Um, it was early 2019. You know, he was very transparent about what was happening. You know, he mentioned, you know, only 18% of people who are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer actually have a chance to survive. Um, So, you know, he was very transparent about the process he was going through. He didn't hide the pain that he was suffering on on a daily basis. He talked about how sometimes he'd go in the middle of taping and his pain would just shoot and he'd barely make it back. 
And, you know, in this past week, I've heard a lot of stories about crew members who were on the TV show with him. And they said he would show up sometimes. And they couldn't believe that he was about to go on TV because he just looked like he was battling a war. And then he would go on and the camera would kind of make it all disappear for him or at least make it appear like it disappeared. Um, and, you know, watching it for the past year and a half, if you didn't know, you, you never would have noticed that Alex Trebek was having that battle for his life. Um, and it's, it's sad to see it finally come to an end and for him to pass, because like you guys said, he is um, an American staple. The good news of this is there's still about 25 episodes left that he had recorded before passing. So we will have the chance. So they're gonna air posthumously? Yes, yeah, so we will have the chance to see some some more episodes of him um, after, after all this. What did he do before? Before Jeopardy? Yeah, what was his early well, years? Well, I mean, he started this in, I think, 1984. Um, so Chris was about 50? Yeah, Chris was, well, this was Chris's prime time, his gold. Well, based on my rudimentary knowledge of 1970s Canadian television, I could say that he worked a couple different, uh, I don't know what he did. Uh, I think he did some, like, he did, like, American Bandstand type. I, I thought he was, like, a, I think he started out as, like, a news guy. I thought I saw that. Hang on. Right, look we it should up. find this out. There's should. more to him than just Jeopardy. I mean, that is a staple of his life, for sure, though. Um, is that a direct he was, quote? He was, what? Is that a direct quote? <laughs> that Jeopardy is a staple of his life. I mean, <laughs> I mean he, Dude, he, he modeled for, for a little bit. So he made his American television debut in 1973. He was the host of an NBC game show called Wizard of Odds. Oh. So I think game show was just in his blood. I wonder how he did in like class presentations back in I mean, middle school. Dude, what did they play great. in class before Jeopardy? <laughs> what know. did they play? Wheel of Fortune. I bet he made it up. <laughs> he probably did. What I mean, I, based on when I went to school, we had the duck and cover drills. So that way, like if there was a nuclear war, <laughs> oh, like, like the desk would protect us. That's yeah, usually they, how that works. Chris had a different type of tablet when he went to school. It was a slate tablet. And they used chalk to write on it. <laughs> okay, I don't understand. Chris is 20. I don't, I don't follow. <laughs> going right over my head. And I'm, I'm, I'm decently tall. So, I don't get it. so when he auditioned, so looking back on his life, how that went. He, he said he was chosen as the host because he made a really good impression when he filled in on the Wheel of Fortune in an emergency when an original host, oh. Chuck Worley, was hospitalized. Oh. Um, so he kind of stepped, I mean, this is like a Tom Brady thing. He's a Tom Brady. But he filled he in and he kind of just took over. No, Tom, per Tom Brady is an Alex Trebek. Yeah. Oh, Isn't yeah. the same thing with Somebody better tell Tom Brady. He doesn't even know. He doesn't. He thinks he's Tom Brady when he's just now at Trebek. Running around kissing his kids on the lips. Yeah. I mean, I can't really think of like a show. Like we'll just you can out. think of <laughs> you can think of the Jeopardy music and it's it instantly it comes. It instantly comes to mind. It's just ingrained, it's just ingrained into American culture. And along with that, <laughs> cops theme song. Sing it, go ahead. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when Chris comes for you? Bad boys, bad boys, he runs a 4-2. What you gonna do when Chris comes for you? Nice. Chris, Chris has Chris got Chris D1 speed. That that song is gonna be reviewed two. next week on Polar Music by Rich and Nikki. So I'm, once again, I'm lost. Does Chris hunt people? I don't understand. <laughs> so getting back to the real story Let's get here. back. I'm lost um, and scared. Let's just talk. I, I, I love to kind of, I, I just really like picking apart, like looking at what his career looks like. Yeah, so. Um, so, I mean, he really made it to the top of what he did. In 2016, I Forbes, him at the bottom. Forbes estimated that Mr. Trebek's salary was nearly $16.5 million. Uh, I want to know about um, the job he doesn't want people to know about. And he was the 11th highest paid television what host if he worked the in the world. Um, 
you know, he he drove a pickup truck. He was a normal kind of guy. Like apparently, if wait, you met wait, him, wait, he drove a pickup truck. He drove a pickup truck. How do we know this? Um, according to my sources, he drove a pickup truck. Just get out of here. Um, he he drove a pickup truck. I mean, he still lived in a 700 acre ranch. Oh my! Um, but you watch him on TV, and he hosts this, and he's got a great voice for the show. But he just—I think this is why America loved him. He just seemed like yeah. a normal guy <clears throat> up there. Talking. He ran for president. Could have. And but you know what? That gets me to my like, my next point that I wanted to talk about. Oh, you're welcome. Um, looking Segway at transition. By, uh, Troy's older brother, Lucas DiSavino, by the way. <laughs> Looking at, there's already talk about, you know, Jeopardy is going to continue. Alex Trebek wanted Jeopardy to continue past him. The he, show must go on. He wants the legacy of him being, the, you know, the voice of that show for so many years to continue on after his time. Okay. So now there's a lot of talk, you know, who is going to fill that role? That's it's not an easy role to fill. You know, when you have someone who's been doing it for so long and is beloved by, I mean, I dare you to find me one person that well, doesn't like Alex Well, I agree with who you said before. Kesha could be a good fill. Um. <laughs> Um, I don't remember saying that. I think Keanu Reeves is always the right oh answer. My gosh. He's too busy. But he's just a good guy. Why would you put Keanu well, Reeves so, in that? We need him for other things. It, it, so I don't like think, in 20 years, maybe? Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. so. The, the beautiful thing about what Alex Trebek... Is it Alex or Alec? Alec. Wow. Alec. We got to delete this whole panel. I know, I it's Alex. It Alex. Why, Alex. Why, why are you throwing me off? We why, don't even where did Alec come from? So... Here's the thing, Alec Alex Trebek did not make Jeopardy about him. So you can't put a celebrity on Jeopardy. It has to be, it should be like Ken Jennings or something like that. Like one of the people that- Well, he's he's the front runner right now. Oh, really? Vegas has got odds on him and he's plus 100. Is that George Lopez? People no, are betting George on this? George LeVar Burton. Oh wait, I'm so rooting for Yeah, why don't we like read George, the list? All right, sorry, sorry. So at the top of the list is Ken Jennings. I'll, I'll just read some of the big tell, names. Tell the, tell the listeners who these people are. I mean, Ken, Ken Jennings, Jennings is like, is like, a Jeopardy all-time guy. I, I didn't know this. I don't know much. Yeah, I'm, he's- I'm a common folk. He's, uh, I think he, Vocal, I think right? he won the the most, most money because there's a few different ones. Oh, good for him. You know James? How, what was it? James Househide? The Howser? smirk guy. He, he was. Smirked. A, he oh, was, he smirked. He was a smirker. Was a smirker. We don't want the show to become about smirking. So, so moving on. So Ken Jennings is at the top of the list. Okay. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's another big name that's in the middle of this one. He's plus fourteen hundred. Okay. We all know Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's the, the, science. the science expert yeah. that everyone loves hearing his yeah, voice. His voice is great. Um, Ryan Seacrest is there at plus oh eighteen hundred. Um, Jimmy Kimmel's at plus two thousand. Mina Kimes at ESPN. Really, Mina at, Kimes at is on that list. Plus twenty two hundred. Okay. Neil Patrick. Harris. Jane Lynch. Neil Patrick Harris. The, the farther down we go, the more unexpected this is. I mean, to give you some perspective, Donald Trump's on this list at plus a hundred thousand. Um, so very, he wouldn't get through a question and be like, I know, that's why I know the answer. You're not going to know this. I'm going to ask you, but I know it. That's why I brought it up because you, you said president, like you could write, <laughs> Donald Trump is technically on this list. Um, that's if he's in, you know, I won't say it. We'll, we'll wait for that. Strong, that's if he's in jail or not. But, well. Wow. Well, that's a, we, I previewed it in the intro. That's we'll a be, bold move, we'll be talking, Let's see how that plays We'll be talking out. about some self-pardoning going on, and so we'll get to that in a little bit, but. You can self-pardon yourself in Jeopardy? Well, let's, let's, uh, well, we'll, no, wait to, we'll wait for that. But there's, um, yeah, so those are, those are some of the big names at the top okay. of this list. And okay. They should put someone on that list who got off of a murder charge oh. through Double Jeopardy. Oh, okay. That's what they should do. Yeah. No, all right, right, Troy. I'll let you go Wait, back. What? We're, we're talking all over. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It's like it's like a, a legal term that. So 
So OJ Simpson. If, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, OJ Simpson. Yeah, it's like once you are acquitted of he's a murder, pretty big, he's charged, pretty big on social media. I he is. He, he might actually. I'm just be saying, to do it. murder podcasts are really big. So I think we should just totally take this in a different direction and just talk about what if Alex Trebek was murdered instead of. You know. I would just like to or it's it's OJ Simpson oh. and then whoever has the lowest score at the end of the night you just never hear from again. You go, yeah, yeah. He invites you over for Chris, any thoughts on this? Uh, I don't think OJ Simpson's gonna be the right fit, personally. <laughs> oh I, mean, I get it. Talk about going from talk about going from you know, someone who everyone loves to someone who everyone knows about. Yeah, right. I mean, if we're picking, if we're picking like random personalities, like I know you mentioned like a couple people from ESPN, like Mina Kimes, like it'll never happen, but it, I think it'd be really funny if they let Stu Gods host an episode of Jeopardy. Oh my gosh. What if they have a great. rotating host every season yeah. with a new host? Yeah, uh, you could see it. You could see it. Um, but I, I think before we move on from this topic, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention the importance of staying up to date on all preventative cancer care and proper cancer screenings, getting colonoscopy, getting mammograms, um, going to your uh, physician on a regular basis for physicals, doing the necessary blood work, wearing suntan lotion, all those different things. Yeah, don't um, uh, don't share cigarettes by your own. <laughs> don't smoke cigarettes. It's very unhealthy to at share all. Them. Um, but this is definitely a sad a sad loss. For a lot of people, because I think, again, with Jeopardy being around for so long, there are kids who are now, who have their own kids that would watch Jeopardy with their kids and they'd come home and watch Alex Trebek on the TV. And now it's a staple. There's a lot that's... of unrest in the in the retirement homes nowadays. <laughs> there could be riots uh, in the retirement homes if they don't find a host soon. They gotta find again, what else are they going to do? Again, Alex Trebek passing away at the age of 80, longtime host of Jeopardy since 1984, passing this past week from pancreatic cancer. Um, an, an awful loss. 2020 continues to take some you know, really amazing people from American culture and Alex Trebek just being one of the most recent, passing away at age 80. He'd been fighting pancreatic cancer for a very long time now, since over a little over a year and a half. So again, Alex Trebek, age 80, passing away. Moving on, there's another story I want to get to. It's a bit on the brighter side, not for America, um, but there's some there's some pluses for from people outside the country. No, no, but outside of the country, um, as we see COVID-19 cases start to surge up right now, there are some good signs from around the world. Again, this is really not speaking on behalf of the United States as we see record-setting highs in COVID-19 cases. Um, but there are some countries actually popping up that have no reported oh, COVID-19 cases. Which ones? Um, so uh, let me let me read this article and we can kind of get into it. Um, some countries have stayed, this, again, this one's coming from U.S. News. Some countries have stay, staved off the coronavirus pandemic since it began 10 months ago, reporting zero cases as of November 12th, according to the World Health Organization. Nine of, nine of the 11 countries reporting no cases are island nations in the Pacific Ocean and are likely experiencing the benefit of bordering only the ocean. But their strict travel policies may also be responsible for the island's success and other island nations and territories have not fared as well. Um, although, although these countries are reporting zero cases, that does not rule out that some may fly under the radar. The Associated Press notes two countries in particular, North Korea 
um, out in Turkmenistan. No, Turkmenistan. No, no one's leaving. Yeah. Well, no, that's not what they're saying. They're saying they're not being reported, yeah, so we don't I, know. Oh, okay. Do you want me to read all the? Well, yeah, go ahead, read all of them. Because you have to scroll through. So number eleven is Tuvalu, Tuvalu, which is located about halfway between Hawaii and Australia. There's no one going there. Number ten is Turkmenistan. Um, it's a non-remote location in Central Asia. Brings up questions of its ability to ward off COVID-19, um, which has touched all but Antarctica. Uh, but the country has not officially acknowledged any coronavirus coronavirus cases. Um, number nine is Tonga, uh, which uh, is about 170 islands, and it's neighbored by Fiji. There's so like it's five a, people. It's a group. Hey, still, it's a country that doesn't have it. Uh, number eight is Samoa. Okay. Uh, okay. Number seven is Palau, which is uh Palau. Palau. Sorry. I don't know. I'm guessing. Palau. P A L A U. It's more than 300 islands. Good luck on the It's neck. located about 800 miles southwest of Guam and over oh, 500 you can't miles. Swim. Exactly. Number six, North Korea, which we discussed. Number five, Niu. N I U E. It's about 1,500 miles northeast of New Zealand. Number four. Nauru, um, it's a third smallest country in the world by size, and it's just a single island I'm over eight square here. miles. Number three, Kiribati. Number two, Federated States of Micronesia. And number one is the Cook Islands, uh, which is made up of 15 small islands, very, very remote. So I think, you know, what, most, what's the thing? Most states in the United States probably have more people than all those countries put together. I don't know. but. It's, it's a safe bet. Most of there's a lot of states that are probably bigger. The only patterns I'm seeing is, is islands and very low populations. So I, I don't really even think this is good news. It's just kind of. Like, I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely good news because they don't have cases. So that Those would it, be the ones that would be free of COVID first. Yes, right? it makes sense. It makes it and a lot of those there's possibility that COVID never actually touched, you know, touched their land. So so did they ever even get rid of something they never had? Well, they never let it get there, which is important. You know, there was there was travel restrictions allowed. You know, from all countries over the world saying, you know, we're not letting people fly to other places. So travel restrictions in this case seem to have worked well enough to keep people from taking a vacation and bringing a, a global pandemic virus to a small nation that definitely probably does not have the infrastructure or does not have you know facilities to fight off such yeah. a deadly yeah. disease. At the end of this, I gotta try a bat because I mean, <laughs> yo. Listen, I would like to go to college uh, at some point before I graduate, so please don't. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll wait. Yeah, Troy. Troy said it well. A lot of these, a lot of these smaller countries, um, and especially the islands, are popular vacation spots. So it's good to see uh, that they've been able to, you know, keep clean or keep cases at, at least to a low amount. You know, you never know. Uh, quite the extent to their testing or quite the extent to their, you know, own knowledge of their population. But it's good to see that they aren't having large breakouts of, of cases because, um, you know, as Troy mentioned, that uh, these countries may not have the best healthcare facilities anyways. There weren't... America's the worst. There weren't dumb... Well, the great thing is that there wasn't dumb tourists going to visit these places bringing COVID with them. Well, that's because... Well, they, Most they, of the dumb tourists they, are from America, are and the world said no Americans. If they're not informed about it, but America's just like we're over it. We're, we're tired of it, so we just think it's going to go away. And now, now we see record numbers spiking up. Record numbers, um, more than we've had ever. We've, we're having on a daily. Was there 150,000 like cases the, last yesterday? Don't care anymore. It's awful. I mean, I, I don't know if they don't. 
care? I mean, there's not everyone cares. That's the problem. Like, how much can you ignore? Is really, really the question being asked. Like, how much can you ignore until it's right in your face? The, the problem is in this, people aren't ignoring it. People are underplaying it. They, yeah. they know it's here, but people have this idea that COVID-19 is just like the flu and it's you know it's just a part of life you're gonna get it at some that's that's the idea that is that's so deadly for people who haven't experienced it yes yeah and that idea usually stems from middle of america places that weren't so hit as hard as places like new york city was you, you know, know back in back in april right. back in may because it didn't happen to them so it's, it's probably not bad everywhere yes else. And, and unfortunately i don't want to go into it but you know there's a lot of politics involved it's become a bias which is unfortunate it's a because partisan, it shouldn't even be a political thing it's a yeah plague, it's so, become a partisan you know. issue so it's I, I don't want to get too far into that but it's not that they don't think it's happening it's they don't think it's a big deal they think these numbers are only inflated because we're testing so and, much. But go on, go on, yeah, on, Jacob, yeah go I'd on, say just one thing to add on to that. I think that, you know, as we get further and further since really the whole quarantine pandemic thing uh, really started popping off, now people are starting to get to breaking points where it's like, all right, well, yeah. you know, even if I have been, you know, pretty good for the past, you know, six or seven months, it's like, all right, at, at some point, uh, there's just like a breaking point and like you're gonna you're gonna go back to normal life Well, you're gonna adjust differently. Maybe not completely back to normal, yeah. but you'll you'll take more risks So I mean, I think to, to add on to Troy's point about different areas getting it I think that's also occurring and it's a little bit disappointing to see that, you know, we didn't really uh, Nip this in the bud like pretty early and, on and not to say that it's only middle of America that's seeing rise in cases I mean Bill de Blasio came out yesterday and saying that, you know, New York City schools, you yes. might have to shut down again. So this is, I don't mean just to say like, oh, we're from the Northeast, so we are doing better than everyone else. No, I mean, these, these cases are spiking up everywhere again because people are starting to relax. They're starting, like Lucas was saying, they feel like, oh, we're over it, we're done. We don't want to do this anymore. It's an opinion to them. They just, they don't think it, it's, I'll make this kind of comparison. People go with this idea of, you know, I it's okay for me to, you know, pollute the world. I can drive my big my big truck because everyone else is doing it. It's so like the, it's just one it's, straw idea. Exactly. It's everyone in this case needs to kind of do the right thing, well, which is really tough to expect everyone to do the right thing. But everyone needs to, or else you're going to see these little pop-ups that make it a lot easier for COVID-19 to spread. And when you have one person that's irresponsible and they infest other groups, it just spreads more and more and more. It takes only really one person to infect a much larger group. So. I think one of the big things too is like one of the beautiful things about America is that we are an individualist society and culture. A lot of these countries that don't, that are, aren't seeing these big spikes don't have that individual, it's a we sense. And there's pros and there's cons to both, right? So I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but what's happening here, and this is just my opinion, this is not fact, this is just what I think about it. What's happening here is that there's a, a there's a fine line between patriotism and nationalism, and there's not enough patriotism going on right now. Everyone is like, this is America. I'm an individual. I have rights. I don't want to wear a mask because the government can't tell me what to do. That's nationalism. That's not patriotism. Patriotism would be, hey, for the greater good of this country so that more Americans don't die, I'm not going to go to a big party. Not I'm not going to put nationalism believing your country is better than anyone else's country. That's not. No, no. I think, about. I think it's... Austin is saying personal liberty. Yes. Yeah, that's not nationalism. I, I okay. mean, 
if you compare it with like say you know for instance in china they've got it more or less completely under wraps there and they were the first country to get hit really bad what they do in china is occasionally they'll have like a flare-up will be like oh 10 cases in this city 20 cases in this city so basically what they do there is they just require every single person in like a 10 million person city to get tested and that's how they sort of snuff it out before it gets out of control now obviously you know for cultural reasons and you know possibly legal reasons that's not really feasible in america and now you're in this position where you know you're basically asking everyone to do the right thing and they don't want to so i don't think it's i think it's cultural but i think it's also in a certain sense how our governments are set up and you know the ideal government in normal times would i would say would probably be you know more towards like letting people have more freedom but that might not necessarily work as well with a plate. So one thing to kind of note, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the recent report from the New York Times. This is also not just the New York Times. This is a, a, a large scale adjustment that's happening recently. Um, Oregon is kind of taking a much um, more aggressive approach to stopping these huge rises in numbers. Um, now, I don't know if this comparison is going to hold. I'll tell you what they're doing first. But new restrictions are taking place, including it. There's no stay at home order yet, um, but there's mandated closures for facilities such as gyms, museums, pools, entertainment venues. Um, retail outlets will be allowed to remain open with limited capacity. Uh, restaurants and bars will also be off, also only be able to offer takeout options. Wow. Um, churches will be allowed a maximum of 25 people indoors. So, this is Oregon? Yes, this is Oregon. So we're starting to see this change in regulations again. Well, I got something about Oregon. Well, let me let me make this comparison first. So back when COVID started in March, the Pacific Northwest was the first was the first place to make these grand adjustments. We saw this in Washington, soon following in a few days, because these huge spikes in numbers started happening, the rest of the country followed suit. You know, I don't know if if people are gonna start following what Oregon's doing here, but it's kind of that, not mob mentality, but when one person starts doing something, people start to think this is what we all need to do. I and mean, we saw that with every university practically shutting down in the spring. Um, if we start to see this working for Oregon and we start to see the rest of the country spike up a lot in recent and soon to come days, I think we're going to start to see some closures take place. I think you're going to start to see yeah. more heavy restrictions. And we already kind of just started. To, I think they're already talking about that taking place in New Jersey, not schools, because Oregon isn't closing schools yet, which is a whole nother conversation. But I think there's going to be new restrictions coming back. Yeah, that the people more are going you to be... resist the mask, the more you, you're going to need it eventually. So, and again, this is Oregon. This is where, you know, this is masks weren't really resisted too much in the Pacific Northwest. There are ports, parts of Oregon, though, yes. that are very rural and very resistant. We're seeing to... we're seeing spikes in in city yeah. driven areas. So, so that's the big thing. And one of the things I saw. So according to CNN, locations um, of high density represent more than 80% of infections. So more than 80% of all infections stem from restaurants, gyms, cafes, hotels, and religious gatherings. So I'm interested to see what Oregon does because we've learned more about this virus, right? We're learning more about how it's spreading. We're learning more about how it's affecting people. And that should be, we should be adapting how we go about preventing it. That should be adapting how we go about living with it and managing it. Um, and I think if we know where most of these cases are coming from, then we can kind of switch up what the closures are rather than, I mean, do you remember in March and April when er like everything was closed? Like everything was closed. Yeah. And and I don't know if that has to be that way, but I think we, we have the opportunity to like be a little bit smarter well, about it. Good news is, and we'll kind of finish it up on this note. Um, 
also this past week we saw a really you know good news coming out um, from Pfizer uh, the COVID-19 vaccine they had it in trial studies um, apparently the first trial came through and it was surprisingly effective I saw somewhere upwards of 90% of patients using it um, had positive results so you know maybe there is some end in sight obviously there's still a lot of work that has to be done with that before it will be available to market you know, there's some people speculating that it's going to be available around April. There's some later this summer and then there's some you know, next fall. Um, so we'll see when that's available. But, you know, there's positive steps in the right direction. Vaccines are in the works. It's coming at a good time because right now we're starting to see huge spikes in numbers. And, we, you know, we need some good news to see if we can make it to the end. But before that happens, people need to continue making good decisions, you know, continue wearing a mask and continue staying out of big populated areas with 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 loose restrictions as that's going to be vital to everyone's well-being moving forward. Next up, a report coming from Vanity Fair. Uh, apparently, apparently, over the past few years, Trump has repeatedly been asking if he can preemptively pardon himself. <laughs> that's the best thing ever I've um, ever heard. At, Get out of jail free card. At present, Donald Trump is embroiled in an absurd attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 election. This is Vanity Fair's words. I'm just reporting. Apparently. Um, you what, don't even know if they what, are. You said apparently. Apparently, apparently. that is. Let him read. Let I am read. reporting set it up. What, what author Best Levin is saying. Um, apparently, uh, he's been speaking for the past few years in confidence, asking if he can pardon himself before he's even out of office. Anyone familiar with what you're allowed to do in U.S. politics knows that that is not something you can do. That is not really something that presidents have ever asked before. I'm um, not even in politics, and I figured that one out. He's also asked if he can pardon his family members. So, oh, so like nepotism, but one level up. Yeah. So he's been asking since 2017 his aides if he can self-pardon, um, which is wait. He had to ask more than once. He's asking different people. Oh, okay. You know, this is... You think he's getting different answers? Keep in mind, this is coming from Vanity Fair. So this is like a lighter take. This isn't reported by the New York Times. This is in the Wall Street Journal. Um, so who knows exactly if these words are 100% factual, but these words apparently have been thrown around. Did they uh, Did they add any, like, uh, legal expert or legal uh, person to, to kind of give you the... If it is actually possible for him so, to pardon himself for his I wonder family. who combs his hair. One former official said Trump was no was so fascinated by his pardon powers that the senior level officials would sometimes bring up their research on the matter just to get Trump off another subject they wanted to steer away from. So it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like there's no names that they're officially reporting. It sounds like these are anonymous names included in this that have come forward and said this. Um, oh, they don't keep in mind Trump is still the president until January. So I could see why someone might not want to put their name to this report. Um, and maybe that's why it ended up in Vanity Fair instead of New York Times. We might see a lot of these types of reports start popping up once, you know, inauguration happens in January, was it January 20th? Do you think he's going to go? I mean, he's he, invited, right? To what? To the inauguration? Yeah. He has to, doesn't he? No shot. I don't think he he's does. Gonna, he's going to get on a, a private jet, go to Mar-a-Lago. Like, 
that's how he's gonna zap. He's we not should gonna, anticipate gonna that and then have it at Mar-a-Lago. So when he shows up, everyone is just waiting. I think it has. For him. I think it has to happen in DC. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Well, come on, we can mix it up. <laughs> I mean, that would be really funny. Like, I think Lucas should get in touch with uh, the Joe Biden camp and see if we can make that happen. No, just tell, just tell Donald Trump that Mar-a-Lago is at some landscaping company, we and then just, he won't go. We there. should just tell him he's still in charge and just unplug his controller. So, you know, all I can say, can I just get one point in? I, I just, yeah. I don't know, like uh, asking your, uh, all your advisors if you can pardon yourself for the entire four years you're in office sounds completely like something an innocent man would do. Well, um, well, Chris, to that point, um, I'll read this. I'll read this paragraph from the article. A whole paragraph? Regarding whether or not Trump would actually pardon himself, former aides who say he wouldn't do it believe so only because doing so would imply he's guilty of something as had been stated by numerous legal scholars. Um, so I guess he was kind of just seeing if he really had to. It could kind of, if, if things start to unravel, because again, this is apparently since back in 2017. So if things have really started to unravel since then, maybe this was his like last minute plan. Um, what if he makes himself a corporation so that he can detach himself from any liabilities? Well, I think he is a corporation. Dude, yeah. so he's good then. Uh, I don't think he, so not, I want to know. Not like, I would just Legal make, my, I would just him, make myself a corporation and then detach <laughs> myself from that. Well, there's also loop rules on that. As a president, you can't. So <gasps> I want to know why, why was he asking it so many times? Like if you asked that once and got an answer, when you like, how did those, how mean, did those what, conversations what go? You never asked mom for something. She said, no, and you don't not, ask dad. Not a presidential pardon. Like, uh, like you, but like, uh, Jared, remind me one more time. Can I pardon myself? Like, is he gonna like? How did that conversation go? Just to be, like that. To be fair, mean? to be fair, a lot of like legal aspects. Like this is this is laughable. But a lot of like legal as aspects and like constitutional law. There's always some aspect of like, eh, it could happen. It's I'd possible. Ask. I'd be on Air Force One back. All right. What exactly can't I do? <laughs> and they would tell you. Like that's a, that'd be the first thing I'd ask. Who would you ask about? You wouldn't be asking about aliens? Uh, That'd be the first thing I ask. Aliens? I mean, I don't know if I want to, I mean, I want to, it wouldn't be the first, I want to ease into this, you know, this is a long four-year relationship. I would put I my hand start out on aliens. Okay? Right on like, that Bible, foreplay, turn know? around and be like, show me the green guys. <laughs> I want to see. Now see, so, that could be code for something you really don't want to <laughs> so, see. So in all seriousness, I'm wondering, serious. I'm wondering, what is going to happen once he leaves office? This is going to be a really telling moment of the divide that might take place in this country further. Um, if the Democratic National Party comes forward and they decide they want to pursue Donald Trump to try to convict him of some law breaking, um, one, it could go one of two ways. You know, one, you could possibly get Trump on something and he could possibly end up in jail. What kind of um, jail is he really going to? Well, know? you know, it. Not, not a federal. Still, though, at Still. a jail that no other form. But the other way that could go, the other way that could go, would be a divide to the country even more. Yeah. I personally think Joe Biden, again, this is my opinion, won't go after Donald Trump that severely. He's he talked about. He doesn't deserve it. He well, doesn't he's, even deserve the He's talked thing. about wanting to cool this nation down. Yeah. To to lessen the divide, and for Joe Biden to go after Donald Trump, who at this point, after he leaves his office, he's almost going to be a. a cult leader with the following he's going to have so i think joe biden and his and his team they're not going to go after donald trump and that's just what i think so i don't know if, if what his pardon is going to have to say but i you know what are your thoughts on on that decision that might happen 
Yeah, I'd say one fair fair point to to Troy's um, to Troy's claim here is that uh, it is. I don't think it's possible for the Democrats to have the majority in the Senate. I think if they win both seats in Georgia, it would be a 50-50 split. So that will obviously also factor into the ability yep. to actually prosecute uh, Donald Trump if he does choose to go down that role. Exe- again, executive order is a really powerful tool to have as well. So. If, so, if we see action in executive order from Biden, that is like I'm just a saying, dog fight in that dude, case. And that's going to be a really, really tough look for if Biden. Wants let me, a let's, good I, I want to hear what Chris has to say because we've been keeping him out. Yeah, um, I don't think Biden will go after him, I think. But keep in mind, Donald Trump is facing like legal problems left and right. Yes. Um, he's in trouble with the New York uh, State District Attorney Yes. Um, for all sorts of charges. And that has nothing to do with Biden. So even if Biden gave him a full pass, um, I don't think that he's home free. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out is this is kind of like, you know, we laugh about Trump pardoning himself, but uh, if you go back to what happened with Watergate with Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford, that's indirectly what happened because Nixon knew he was going to lose the impeachment trial if he got impeached. And that's why he resigned. And then his vice president, Gerald Ford, pardoned him almost immediately after. And that's why Richard Nixon never like faced legal charges for that, his involvement that, with Watergate. Are you saying that Penn, like Hell that you could see Donald Trump resigning that's at Penn's a, that's pardoning a question. him? Like, that's a I mean, I'm not saying, I, I mean, it's it's definitely a legitimate possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the point I'm trying to make is there's kind of a similarity because, and it also reflect, shows the differences between the two because uh, say what you want about Richard Nixon, you know, clearly not a good guy. Um, he seemed to at least understand that he couldn't like directly pardon himself. Whereas Donald Trump seems to think that uh, if he just asks enough people, eventually someone will give him the answer he wants. Um, so I think that that's a kind of an interesting historical parallel. To, for me, and I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. The, the two are very different people. Um, you know, I personally think Donald Trump has too much of a ego to go with himself to ever resign. Um, so I think that's gonna kind of stand in the way of that. But uh, on the other side of things, my personal opinion on whether or not Donald Trump would ever be convicted on something, you know, we saw him in the spotlight. I mean, the guy was impeached. Like there was federal, there was federal investigations into his involvement in a lot of sketchy things. And that was on a national stage and we saw him be fine with it. Um, and nothing really came of it. So I don't think he really, and if, Donald, if you're listening to this, I don't think you really have to worry about anything. Donnie! Because you've survived a lot worse in my opinion i think we had something that was a huge huge issue for this country's look and he was somehow got away with it just because i guess maybe it's the system again he was president at the time so that makes it a little easier um but i'd be interested to see because i if we weren't if he wasn't able to get convicted on anything there i just have a very hard time seeing him somehow getting caught on something else because when something's at the national spotlight like that well um, it just kind of shows the system we have set up it's really tough if one half the side doesn't well, want that bad yes and no party. though because if you look at it if you're breaking the law you have to get lucky every time and there's that saying for the good guys they only have to get lucky once to catch him so i think there's a higher chance it's, of him getting it's not as simple of, as getting caught though it's like prove it's, it's proving it's proving to the point where you can it's impossible for people to deny that it happened 
because when you have 50, it's going to be, I see what you're saying. It's going to be a, a partisan focus. issue. They want to shift the focus well, off it's, of It's going to be a partisan issue. The Republican, the Republican party is going to want to defend Donald Trump. I think the point. best thing that we, it's a bad we, look we for their party as a nation can. is just completely remove his name from all news headlines. Well, just not talk. That's about a very, that's a very bad look for the Republican party. They don't want to, they don't want to make it seem like they nominated someone who was a disgrace to the country. For well, they years. did. So they don't want to admit that though. Cause well, that's, they're that's not a, going to, but I'm exactly. just saying in general, if they just stopped talking about him, that would be the most detrimental to Trump as well. Is in if you took his name and used it as like a bad thing, like, oh, don't Trump me right now. Like if someone's trying to get over on you, like don't Trump me. I think that would be a very funny thing to kind of like end his legacy with is going down in history as that word being a bad thing instead of a good thing. I think that would hit home. We'll, we'll see, you know, there's still a lot of people out there and this is coming from people you know, who maybe not didn't support Trump, but I, I mentioned it earlier. Him is removed as president. He has such a big following. It's going to almost be like a cult. Yeah. Um, I love sh- seeing the Trump flags with the Confederate flag. Cause I'm just like, Oh, Owen too, baby. <laughs> I think Chris has the Chris. I agree with what you're saying. It might not be the Democrats that go after him, but someone's going to be going after him. Like, like he only like when his tax release, his tax forms were released. I mean, I think there's an investigation going on right now for tax fraud and ta- look tax evasion. Just on Maxwell, you know the the Jeffrey Epstein thing. He has ties with that somewhere yeah. along the line. That could be one thing that comes back to haunt him for sure. You know, that, we'll, that's we'll a whole other thing. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. There's a lot of uh, things up in the air. This is a thick uh, onion we're peeling right now. Yeah, yeah. But the the to the answer to the original question, no, Donald, you cannot self pardon yourself. There, that is that is not an option. Donnie, so, it's a no for me, dog. Sorry to tell you. Moving on, we'll wrap it up on this one, Chris. Sit down, you're gonna get excited. We're about to talk about the Mets. Perkins is bringing back the early bird special? We're talking about sports. Well, we're talking about the Mets. There's a sale. There's a big sale. Uh, um, oh, wait, there's a on. fire? Hold on, hold on. Are we talking about sports? Well, we're talking about the Mets. That tells you, <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about this. Yeah, I mean, why? if we're gonna talk about sports, so no, go on, just go on. Let's get this over with. Peel the band. The New York Mets recently Sold. All right, they're still in the. It's official, right? It's not. No, it's official. Steve Cohen's in charge. So Steve Cohen is the new owner, um, billionaire, wealthiest MLB owner currently, I believe. Um, he owns the Mets. Bought him for about two and a half billion dollars, I believe. Oh. Right. Okay. Um, and he had a really, in the eyes of Mets fans, really successful initial press conference. Oh. Um, people are oh. very excited. He is coming from the perspective of being a Mets fan. So I, my question to you, Chris, is how many years before Mets fans turn on him and want him out? Well, I think that's an overly cynical way to frame a question about our new owner. Um, I think that Steve Cohen is probably the best hope that the New York Mets have had in a long time because here's a guy who is willing to spend money, not just on big free agent signings, but also on infrastructure that is essential to building a sustainable winning team in Major League Baseball, you know? the farm system, the analytics department, scouting, all that stuff. He knows it all. Yes, and that's the kind of stuff that was either neglected or, you know, in some cases, the Wilpons would meddle in team decisions, which as a Jet fan, I know all too well. Um, But I think that it's important to keep in mind that Mets have been under such bad leadership for such a long time. Just having a new owner is 
like a shot in the arm. And I, I don't know a single Met fan that isn't excited about this. You don't like so, you don't like the Wilpons? You mean the coupons? So, <laughs> so Chris, if I can paraphrase, you're saying it's going to be over a year before the toxic fan base turns on the owner? Well, you're assuming that the new owner is going to be unsuccessful, which I just I reject the premise no, of that question. Chris, no, Chris, Chris, that's Chris. not an assumption. That's going based off the history of the minor league team that's accidentally in the majors every year. I well, see. this is well. First off, we're not the Miami Marlins, so there's that. Miami Marlins made the playoffs. They got more World Series. Yeah, they never make the playoffs. They win like an average of 55 games a year, Austin. Chris, do I need to go back and get the recording saying you were on the Marlins way? I am. I am. It was a joke. It was a joke. Just relax. All you need to take it easy. Who was right? Because I couldn't tell who was louder. By the way, if you like this conversation, polar. Sports. So, so let me get this straight. Just to recap. All, all, all right, all right, all right. Ooh. I don't. I think that he's going to be very successful. I think he's going to turn the Mets into a perennial winning team. Based on what? The what same does he ever own? So what's, what is his, he? what's his name? What's his name? Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen. And, you told, and you told me he's a Mets fan. Yeah. So he's familiar with depression. <laughs> so knowing that he's been depressed, I'm wondering yeah, if he is still depressed. Because if he was, then he, the only way to go is up. So if if he's if he was a Mets fan. And, and is he going to take on GM responsibilities as well? Uh, no, he brought back the old GM that built the team that took us to a World Series. Oh, God. So if he was a Mets fan, how does he know what good baseball players look like? How can you trust this man to bring in talent? Well, because he's the one he's the one who signs the checks and pays for the infrastructure. The nope. baseball people are making the decisions. Chris, I'll defend you on this because the Mets have not had a lack of talent over the past decade. Well, no, they have. They don't have a lack of talent right now. They've had the arguably the, one of the best starting rotations. Yes, in recent, true. In recent, they've had some really good hitters. They've had some really good young talent. What is the, the Mets? Mets? The Mets have been run into the ground by bad ownership, and I understand the positivity coming from Mets fans right now. You have you have a good owner. You have a good owner. You have young talent. You still have the best pitcher in baseball. Um, Who? Jacob DeGrom. He's not the best pitcher in baseball anymore. He's a top. He's one of the top, but he so, is nowhere. So Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. No. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. That's an no. opinion. They have a lot of talent. That's an opinion. Um, and you know, Listeners, don't get confused with Troy's opinions with facts, just so you know that. Moving forward. So uh, they, they have a lot of talent. They have a new owner. I can see why Mets fans are so positive. And, you know, Chris, to your point, I think you have a reason. You have enough talent there. I think you guys are going to compete next year and make the playoffs. I'm going to I'm gonna bring in this this uh, quote here. They said Mike Francesa said. Oh, God. Oh, not time. Mike Francesa. Come on. <laughs> the Mets will be perennial powerhouses yeah. for Mike owner Francesa? Steve Gunn. Well, now my confidence is shattered. <laughs> who is, who is uh, Mike Francesa? He's a talk show host with an overly inflated ego. Yeah, he's, so he's so falling asleep. That doesn't narrow it down at all. He's, he's obviously biased here. I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm, I'm trying to have some hope I for know. New York sports in – in in this sense, what does this guy look like? Does he look like he yells at his wife in public, or like what? Yeah, does, Mike Francis, like? yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, looks Steve like Cohen. he freaks that's out Steve quietly. Cohen. I dig- <laughs> I digress, or Lucas digresses. Um, as nothing. I was saying, I don't I don't know if you can say that yet. I don't know if you can claim that there will be perennial powerhouses. I think that they've got a chance. I'd like to see them have a good season or two before I give them the perennial powerhouse. Well, they have a new a new management. They have someone who has a whole hell of a lot more money. Yeah. So what? that never really hurts. Let me let me add one thing, and then Austin, I know you have something to say. If 
the Mets had just become the only team with good ownership, I'd say yes, they are. They have a chance to be a powerhouse. The problem is the other teams, most of the other teams in the MLB have had good ownership for decades now, and the Mets are finally getting a good owner. We'll, we'll see. Well, we don't know we'll if see. he's a good well, owner. No. It's just different. Owners, what, what owners need to do is open the checkbook and pay some money to players. He is And let the baseball people make baseball decisions. Yes, he's, Cohen he's, can he's, open the checkbook. He has said that he's ready to do that. He is the wealthiest MLB owner and the wealthiest owner the MLB's ever seen. Um, so first first step he's, he's doing well so i have i have two things to say and and i, I i'm gonna turn off the uh persona of like hating the mets and actually be like a real person now because i do i do like the mets I'll, I'll i do like the younger brother of the yankees and so the one thing that the mets have going for them is a lot of owners across sports view uh, the, the team as a business and an investment. They don't necessarily look at it the way fans do, worried about winning. Because they know if they can put a decent product out there, they're going to make money at the end of the year. They're going to be in a profit. So it's a good thing that this guy's a fan because you know he's going to be, like that's what you want as a fan. You want your owner to be a fan. So that's a good thing for the Mets. But I also just take issue with what Francesca said, and not to go too into like sports talk here, but like perennial powerhouse that is an antiquated idea in modern baseball there are no perennial powerhouses like no dodgers haven't there's not been a back-to-back world series yeah like most of the world series winners don't even reach back to the world series the dodgers is an anomaly because they're like the bills of the 90s because they made it there and they lost and they finally won this year but it doesn't really count because it's a shortened season and everyone made the playoffs heck the marlins made the playoffs this year so it doesn't really count so i think time will time will tell uh like you're saying jacob like if you're a mets fan you have to be happy about this and i know i'm going against what i said in the beginning but you have a guy like you're saying troy with a big checkbook and you have a fan in the front office, and that is exactly what you want as a fan of the team. Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you this much. If I'm the MLB commissioner, I'm also happy with this. Yes. You know, New York Mets. New York, obviously, a big market for them. Uh, they'd love to see uh, some more teams coming out. We'll have to see. You know, the Mets have a lot to prove still. Um, they have been a garbage fire of an organization that has been burning talent alive pretty much yeah they've had some really really good players go in and out of there and get nothing out of it because they have been so poorly run jay bruce are they the cleveland browns of the baseball yes is that um i don't think that's fair no they're the new york jets doing decent baseball yeah the jets Jets. they were good a long time ago who would be the mlb version of the browns Someone who was bad is now decent. No, the yeah. Browns. The Padres are a good candidate. It would have to be a team that's like been around for a while, but never really yes. done anything. The Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland that's Indians. good because the Browns were Something really good a long time ago and had some of the greats. And the Indians had Bob Feller and I'm blanking. Or, or the Cubs. The Cubs. Cubs maybe. is a good one too. Yeah. Yeah, but didn't the Cubs? But they win just won. If you yeah, take yeah. that away, the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um. So yeah, Chris, be happy. The Mets, uh, Mets finally have a chance. You know, before they were, they were it's like they were yeah, you're going gonna... up to bat with a donut on their bat because yeah. they just had so many things going against them. But now, most importantly, they have an owner who's willing to spend some money, uh, an owner who's let it, willing to let a general manager run the team and not pretend like they know more than everyone else. Um, so yeah, be happy, Chris. I'm sure you're excited well, for don't the baseball. Be, you're just going to be less depressed. Yeah. You know, Chris. Well, I mean, I'm still a Jet fan, so yes. A Jet fan or a Met fan? both i'm a jet fan and a met fan Mets fan bro are you okay no i also go to rutgers so 
<laughs> don't let him. Don't let him pick on you. Bro, your Chris. life choices right now, man. <laughs> I don't know. Now you know why I'm such a Red Bulls fan. They're the only team that I like that makes the playoffs. That's an energy drink. It's a soccer team too. Oh you're, wow! You're here, I gotta get out more. Well, it's gonna do it for us here. Um, can we just talk? Thank you everyone for joining in and listening. Again, this has been Troy DiSavino, Austin DiSavino, Lucas DiSavino, Richie Welbrock, Jacob Berg, Chris Sikonis. Um, we thank you for listening. Make sure to stay tuned. We got some more content coming out next week. Um, until then, make sure to check out all other Polar Media productions. Polar Music's got some new things dropping. Um, so make sure to check out everyone. Again, this has been Can We Just Talk? Thanks for listening. I'm, I don't think I'm getting invited back. <laughs>